When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Lewis Hart for Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout and freebets.com. Delighted to be joined with Dave Carwell. You've turned up in Liverpool, mate, to save the day. How are mate? How are we? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be back in Liverpool. I've been up here for a while. Um, got some good memories of Liverpool. Um, the boxing, not the football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's show. It's going to be, it's going to be brilliant. It really is. Looking forward to it. I suppose we'll firstly touch on it. You said some good memories in Liverpool. I suppose when you all come back here, the days with Bell, you and that must have been uh, very, very nice, mate. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant memories. Um, I didn't realise that this is where the new stadium is going to be for Everton yeah. as well. Obviously, Bell, you uh, um, was at Goodison Park, so that's a nice memory before the um, they pull it down or whatever they're going to do. Absolutely, mate. And I suppose we'll, we'll touch on tomorrow night. Um, Natasha Jonas takes on Michaela Mayer. Um, a big fight for Natasha, a big fight for Michaela, both with, I suppose, at this stage in their career, so much to prove. Yeah, and it's a big fight for, for the women's game as well. It's, it's a fantastic fight. I think um, I think can't fail to deliver either with, with the two styles. Um, like you said, there's a lot on the line for both fighters. I just feel that with Michaela, um, she needs an in to get back into the big fights. You know, she uh, obviously uh, she had that close close loss to Bumgarner, uh, um, and she's kind of like gone under the radar since. She's got a, she's got a lot of confidence. She's taught us the game. She knows the game, um, but she ultimately she wants to get back in that ring and she wants to be world champion again and get into the in the elite level fights. This is what this is with with Tasha. You look at what she's achieved in the sport. She's a great advert for all these fighters out there that might lose a fight early on that weren't supposed to have lost, and then people write them off. She come back from that, and then obviously Katie Taylor fight, Terry Arthur draw. Um, so she's had speed bumps along the way, but she's remained focused and carried on what she's doing. And look at how the back end of her career is. I love seeing fighters having success later on in the career because it, it does show you because everyone's in a everyone's in a rush to have champions early and while they're young then. and if they don't make it while they're young then they get kind of get, get left to one side people forget about them. I like seeing when champions are a little bit older when when you know they're a bit of a, a shining light to the good prospects and good fighters to understand that because there's a lot of pressure on young fighters so they can understand that when it does go wrong rather than lose art and think that's it and no matter who doesn't believe in you you can you can get yourself back up there look at people like Tasha Jonas you know um, so I think it's I think it's great great for the sport and I think tomorrow night fight wise I think Tasha's got to establish a jab She's she's a southpaw. Michaela's not fought a southpaw as a pro, I believe, and um, so I think that might have a bearing on it. 
but not if not if if Tasha's waiting, waiting, waiting. I, I don't think she has to match Michaela's work rate. Michaela likes to work hard, likes to throw a lot of punches, um, fast combinations. Uh, I can I imagine her throwing, you know, one, two, three, straight, straight, straight. Um, she doesn't have to match that work rate, but she has to time her and she has to break that rhythm with a good jab, good southpaw jab, make her miss with the shots, make her um, doubt herself because she might get clocked on the way in, line her up for that left hand. I believe the body shots are going to be a big key for this because that will stop Michaela to, uh, or that would stop Michaela um, being a, put a foot on the pedal and down the middle stretch of that, keep going, keep going. So I think that's where the fight could be won or lost really, is Tasha's jab, Tasha's body work, lining, you know, setting up for that, that left hand. Michaela for me, she's a little bit straight up, um, but she's got good feet. Um, I, think, I think it's about foot placement as well with Tasha. I, I, I lean towards Tasha Jonas. I, I think she wins the fight. Um, wouldn't surprise me if she stops her late. I think it's a big call, two minute rounds up. I just feel that, that um, if she gets it right, I think she could down the stretch, she could put in a stoppage. What did you make of Michaela Mayer jumping up this far in weight? We know she's campaigned at Super Fairweight for a long time. Do you feel like we could see a better version of her or she's bit off a little bit more than she could chew? Bit of both. Could be either. either um, I think we'll see a better version of her because she must have struggled to make that weight because she's massive. Now, I, when I was out in America, um, I saw her training and probably early December, I think it was, um, saw her training and she was big, a lot bigger than what she is there. So when you're talking about the weight, when, I, I heard her in, in her interview um, with Sky there, she said, you know, people are talking about me jumping up away. I still had to cut weight she had to cut weight because she was big so um, maybe if, if that's how she's been and, and trying to make super featherweight then you're going to see a much much better version much healthier version stronger perhaps more energy um, so yeah she could she could be but I just in this fight I just feel so Jonas has got so much so much inner belief now um, Mikhail's gonna, you know, she's been away from the big fights for quite a while. Obviously, she's working on TV and things like that, but she's distracted with that. She's not been in amongst the big fights herself for quite a while. Um, to go straight in against a very, very good southpaw that can punch, and you've not, you've not been, a, you've not fought a southpaw before as a pro. I, I just think that that's a big key in the fight. And, and if, if Jonas can can implement a game game plan there, um, then I, I think that that can be the difference. But Michaela Mayer is a quality, quality fighter, quality operator, um, and I think it's a. I don't think it's a 50-50 fight. I think on paper it's a 50-50 fight, but for me personally, I'd probably I'm more towards a 60-40 in, in Tasha's favour. Absolutely, and I suppose we'll move on to, to big news that came yesterday. That uh, is signed the five versus five, five of Eddie's fighters, five of Frank's fighters. It is one. I suppose it can concern you in a way. You know, your man Hobie Price. He's a potential fight against Nathaniel Collins. Um, is it good to sort of see something like this and it exciting for for a, I suppose an ultimate showdown with with both sides of the river? Listen, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. We've said for years and years, you know, you're, every time you always, you're, people have always put on Twitter, talked about it before. Warren versus Hearn, Hearn versus Warren. Let's get their fighters fighting each other. Everyone's been saying it for years. Now it's gonna happen. And I, you know what I loved? I loved the fact that. <laughs> 
Then he got put on the tours at a press conference. We sat there together, we got to shake hands on it, got to agree to it, and that's it. And that's what he's done. He's, he's making things happen in the sport. And um, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see what fighters he make. I would like to see a, a blend. Obviously, you've got your, your top line fighters. Listen, everyone wants to see Fury against Sajid. I want to see the top level fights, yes, but also, like you mentioned there, prospects and, and, and domestic champions like Hopi and, and Nathaniel Collins, people like that, you know. Um, I'd like to see, if Callum carries on boxing, I'd like to see uh, uh, Callum Smith against Anthony Yard. I think that's a fight that everyone's been wanting to see. Fights like that all the way through the card, I think, uh, you know, blend a big great. And I'd like it to not just be a one-off. I don't think it's gonna happen all the time, obviously, but maybe like a, an annual event. You know, I think I think I think that's something that could happen. They did, you know, they did Eddie's back garden every every year for a couple of years. They did Monaco every year, you know. Um, and I think I think all fans would like to see, you know, once a year. That's the card. There you go. I suppose you could do like a winner stays on, you know, team matching wins, and they fight, you know, fight five of top ranks prospects, maybe something like that. Yeah, I don't think top rank could get involved. Yeah. I, I think I think Bob Arum's a little bit a little bit different. Like for starters, I don't think he'd want to. I don't think he'd want to work with Eddie anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, listen, money makes the world go round, so we're seeing that right now. Um, if if the pain, then then everybody's playing. Playing devil's advocate, is there negative side to this because we're seeing domestic fights between two fighters not happening in the UK and it's further taking away potential, it's sort of lowering the value of, of potential cards and fights in the UK? Yeah, there is that possibility, I get, I get what you're saying, but um, also with that, um, we had the, the big fights were happening in Vegas when, when I was coming through and I was, I was starting off in the spot. You dream to box in Vegas. The reason why they were happening in Vegas is Vegas casinos are paying the big site fees. Well, this is what's happening in Saudi base, that you're getting a big site fee, fighters are getting paid, so they're going to happen over there. The big fights are going to happen over there, while ever that's, that's going on. Um, I, don't, I, I don't see it as a regular thing where you've got British title fights that are on. Like I said, this, this you know, Hearn versus Warren thing, it's not going to happen every, every month, you know, every other month. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's once a year, but that's, that's what you're going to get. Um, when you're talking about domestic fights, so let's see what fights happen first. But at the end of the day, you know, boxing's got to, people can't just, just look to criticise when something good's happening or when the profile's happening. People say, oh, we want to see this fight, want to see it. Doesn't happen. Oh, boxing shit, this is. Now it's happening. All right, it's not here, but it's happening. So take the win that the fight's happening and it, I would rather it happen and happen in America, happen in Saudi, happen wherever the fights are going to get made, then it not happen at all, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's like, look back um, through my time, uh, Kalzaki versus Froch, um, Hatton versus Witter, um, who else is there? There's, there's, there's other fights that, that never happened that wanted to happen. Um, at the peak, Kel versus Khan, right? So look how we look back on those fights and then they should have, they, they should have. Even the domestic fights um, in the, I think it was the 90s when uh, light middleweight, you had loads of good light middleweight fighters. Look at Darren Barker, Mike, uh, Martin Murray and, and uh, you know, Macklin and people like that. We wanted all these fights to happen and they never happened. Now, looking back, the fact that they never happened, if you could go back and say, well, all right, I won't be able to go to it, but I can watch it on TV and it's going to take place in Saudi, would you want those fights to happen? Of course you would. 
Of course you would. So it's kind of like that. I'm looking at it like that. Rather than being like, oh, well, it's... I'd love to be there, but I can't. It's kind of like that, you know? So I would rather it happen and, and, than, than not. And when it comes to Joshua versus Ngannou, where do you stand at it? Do you stand it as, you know, fair play to AJ for taking the fight, or do you look at it from a pointless point of view, would you say? A lot of things in this world are about timing. When Ngannou Fury was made, circus, it's a joke. I'll be honest with you, I saw it as a joke. It was an exhibition fight. It was like, like, I don't know, Rocky fighting King Hulk Hogan, right? That kind of, because Ngannou had never had a fight. We saw a little clip of him on some pads and he looked horrendously slow, right? You're talking about the number one heavyweight in the world, but not only that, you're talking about the world heavyweight champion. Why isn't he not defending against defending his title, which is, as a world champion, you should be defending your title. So that's why Tyson Fury got a lot of stick for it, because he was world champion. And it was coming off of, you know, Chisora and, and Dylan White fights, not the fights that people wanted to see. So that's why it's going to get criticism. Now, AJ is not a world champion. That's what you've got to remember, differentiate. He isn't world champion, you know? So it's just another fight for him. And also, what you've got also understand is that AJ's already had three fights in nine months. This will probably be something like four fights in 12, 11 months, something like that, right? Which is fair fucking news, right? And so, if it's, you know, if, you, if you're being active as a fight like that, you go back to days of James Tony and people like that when they, they had world titles, and then they might take a, 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 you know, stay active, take a soft touch, you know, top of my head, I can't think of names, but they did. Roy Jones, boxing, punching postman and people like that, you know. They've all done it, but AJ's not got a world title. So it's just a non-title fight, but it's the biggest fight that's out there for AJ right now, outside of Tyson Fury, right? Outside, Wilder got beat, that's it. That was a fight that was supposed to be made. Wilder got beat, this is the biggest fight. And you're not telling me that going on the performance of Ngannou, dropping Tyson Fury, causing him lots of problems while Tyson's trying to outbox him, and the fact that a lot of people thought Ngannou beat him, you're not telling me that Tyson's the elite number one heavyweight in the world. If he can give Tyson Fury problems, you're telling me you don't want to see AJ, who you say has got no chin, who you say can't box as well as Fury, but yet Fury got dropped and Fury was outboxed at points in that fight. You can't tell me that's not a fight that you don't mind seeing. I think it's yeah. I think it's, there's definitely a more intriguement factor for the fight based off of it. Like, like I don't think you, I don't think it's probably. I was playing like playing devil's advocate there, but it's not fair to compare the attitude from Fury and Garnu to AJ because it's completely different now. Fury says that they gave him all respected world and he trained properly. And I was, yeah, he probably did do the physical side of things properly. But men, like, come on, you find a guy that's never had a pro fight. You know, it, you you. It's, it's all human nature just to lower your defences that little bit. Just not be as quiet as like that. And that's all it takes against something that actually is better than what you thought. Because then you're in the middle of a fight and it's like, what the fuck? And you're getting hit by somebody that can punch really hard. So all of a sudden, these doubts, you're ready my prep's not been great. I've not... And it makes you hesitate. The big thing for me in this fight is... Um, I think AJ's got an easier mission because he's got footage and he can see it. We know what Ngannou's about now. But... Ngannou's reach, for me, is the issue for AJ, because 
that's the, I think that was what caused Fury the problems, because Fury's usually lo longer and taller. Well, he was taller, but he wasn't longer than Angani. And I think that's why when he was working his attacks, he was getting caught on the way out, and he's not used to that. AJ's got to do the same thing, because he can't stand in front of him and allow to swap punches with Angano, um without running the risk of getting fucked by him. And I think Angano doesn't have to hit you full on for you to feel the power. So it's an intriguing fight for me. I'm, I, I, it's a fight I'm looking forward to, a fight I can't wait to see. And it's also another factor where you think about Ngannou, probably in himself, he, he might have, but in himself, he probably deep down didn't believe he could beat Tyson Fury. No, I don't believe that. You don't think so, no, but, but, but he could be fighter. twenty. He could be that better now because he could believe what he can do. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe he'll be better yeah. just for the experience, just yeah. for the experience of being in with Tyson Fury and just having that shape up at that uh, that level and seeing it in front of you. It's different between watching somebody and, and, and being in the ring, sharing a ring with somebody. So he'll be a better fighter because of that. But I don't believe for one minute that he didn't go into that fight thinking he was going to beat Tyson Fury because he's an elite level MMA athlete he's, he's not he's not like a rugby player saying it. he's a fighter don't get me wrong he's not a boxer it's a different sport I'm not saying that I'm talking about the mentality for you for, for all these I, I don't follow MMA but for all these MMA guys out there that are at the elite level they've all got that mentality they're going to smash the shit out of you right so for him fighting is fighting he will have had no fear whatsoever of Fury because this is a guy that gets kicked in the head and elbowed in the head or forearm smashed or whatever you want to call it. So he won't have had any fear about it. And because he's got that elite mentality, I believe he'll have gone in there expecting to win. So I don't think that, but I just do think, I agree with you, I think we'll have a better version because of the experience. So we'll rattle off a few, uh, a few last couple of fights that are looking in the future. Um, it's about... Four weeks away now, three weeks away now from Undisputed. Tyson Fury takes on Alexander Rusik. Um, I'll, I'll keep flip-flopping between the two. It's really, really hard, I suppose, when we sit here on the 19th of January, 2024. What are you thinking going into the fight? Um, I, honestly, I, I genuinely don't know. I, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of legs to this because you, you've got... You, it's easy to, but you kind of got to go on the last fights. Yeah. On the last performances, Tyson Fury was shocking. When you look at Fury against Wilder, three, he was shocking. Usyk in his last fight wasn't the Usyk that we know, right? They're both reaching that age in an athlete, in a fighter's life where there's injuries, where there's wear and tear, where, where you know, accumulation of, of the career can start catching up on fighters. Could they both be on the slide? And if they are, who's sliding more? Going on, going on that, you know, the, the wilder fighters for me, you don't know what that's taken out of Europe. Yes, we can say he didn't prepare right mentally for, for, for Ngannou, but also what, how sturdy is he in comparison to what he used to be because of the punishment. He said, go back, watch the fight. Not, not the second one. The second one was easy enough, right? But the first and the third, he took some big old lumps from Wilder. And Wilder, no matter what you say, Wilder can punch. That third fight was brutal. And, and when you have a fight like that, you leave a little bit of you left in that ring. How much left have you got going forward? You know, and, and then the Ngannou fight was a struggle for him. You know? I think if I still say that Fury's got the advantage because of the size, the weight leaning onto him and, and, and just tying him up and things like that. 
Usyk's got to work so hard to get past that range. And that's where the advantage is for someone like Fury, because he's got great feet, he's got the range. But Usyk, to get his shots off and to get back out again, it's going to take a lot of work. If Fury starts whacking the body, we know what happens with Usyk with the body. He doesn't like body shots, slows him down, doesn't like him. Fury's going to be targeting that area and then leaning in the clinches and any opportunity to put his, his 20 stone or whatever he's going to weigh on, on top of him. That again is going to slow Usyk's legs down, which he needs to be sharp to get in and out without getting caught on the way. So I think Fury's still got a bit of favourite, but ability-wise, I think Usyk's got the ability to beat Fury. Absolutely, and I think it's one that people will keep going back and forth. You know, I think it's such a hard one, as you were saying there. We really don't know, you know, are both fighters on the side or is it sort of ones off? So it does make, that probably makes it for, for an interesting fight because I think if you spoke about this this time last year, it would be, I think the response would be a little bit different. I think more people would probably be backing towards Fury, I'd say. But, that, but that's why this makes it an, an even more attractive fight yeah. because there are doubts. There are doubts about both fighters now. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose we'll, we'll just to sort of finish this off, 2023 was sort of a, a decent year for your stable. I see you've added for it in 2024 with Dan Toward, um, Hobie Price potentially in a big, big fight, Stephen Cairns. Um, looking forward to 2024? Yeah, I am looking forward to 2024. Listen, 23, um, I've got a young stable. 23 is a great year for, for the development of the stable. Um, obviously, it didn't end up right, right with, with the loss out in um, San Francisco with Ebony. Um, but it's boxing, you know, when, when you're you know, when you're in boxing a long time, you understand that sometimes you'll win, sometimes you'll get beat, and it, and it never gets any easier. Um, but 2024 is a year that I'm really looking forward to. Um, Obi Price goes, you know, he, he's mandatory now for the British title. Um, Stephen Cairns got some exciting news about to be drops about him. Uh, he's 7 0 now, um, ready for the next stage of his career. He's an exciting fighter, a very, very good fighter, and his IQ is just developing so much. Um, you know, it's, it's, and like you said, I've added Dan Tao to the stable as well. Ellis Price turning professional. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to 2024. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to, to how the year goes for you, mate. Always good to catch up with you, Dave. Always sort of a, a nice, long, insightful interview. So I appreciate you taking time to speak to me, mate. And uh, yeah, enjoy Liverpool, and I'm sure it brings good memories to you. Top man, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.